0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Kozala. I know too much about this weird institution. Someone who knows a little bit less, but is more skeptical of the whole shebang is my co-host, Kristen Studdard. Hello, Kristen.
1: Hello, I would like to say that I also know too much for the level of, for the amount that I would like to know. I know too much.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't- Yeah, if you calibrate for each of us the amount. I mean, I like knowing a lot, but you are upset with any knowledge.
1: I would really love to know less than I do. And I, I know too much in my own silly way.
2: Mm-hmm. It's about- a prison. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of prison, Kristen uh, is, is joining me via Zoom online video chatting, which we've been doing for quite a few weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. And we have been doing quarantine playlist episodes where I play for you songs that are quarantine themed from... Artist from each rock and roll Hall of Fame class. And this is our ninth playlist, and we will be going through the artists from the 2012 class.
1: 2012. I, I can't remember. Any, did we watch this one? Mm-hmm. We did? Yes, indeed. Okay. Who has to get inducted that I can think of? Like, did, we haven't done the BC Boys yet, right? We have
2: not done the BC Boys yet.
1: Yeah, so maybe this is the BC Boys one. I've been listening to the BC Boys audiobook so i will mm-hmm. i've
2: so you're in the mood
1: i'm really in the mood and the audiobook is good have you listened to it joe
2: no i'm actually trying to read the just the book itself
1: uh i, I um joey divine frequent guest mm-hmm. joey Devine, recommended the audiobook version to me he sent me this long like text recommendation for it because yeah. it's read by a bunch, a bunch of,
2: of, of fun different... people right
1: people yeah like i just listened to one read by ll cool j and rosie perez reads one yeah, it's great. like very very fun well the, i'm hoping then that the bc boys are on it cuz i am yeah i'm i'm on it
2: well you know i tell i try to tell a story with the songs that i pick to kind of have a, some sort of narrative with what has been going on and let's start off you know this lockdown the whole covid situation is there's a lot of craziness it's a real ordeal. It's a real to do.
1: A real ordeal.
2: So why don't we play a song called Brew Ha by the Beastie Boys. And
3: with
2: the blood clot, I rap a lot. What you gonna do with the beastie Talk about Willis, who the illness? you know, my name is Adam. Stop
4: calling me Phyllis. You hear something like what's the glamour? It's just me making on the cover of glamor. A phenomenon, pneumonia. The cover's blowing up like plutonium.
3: What's all the fanfare? What's it to do? Wouldn't know when to bring a hull of balloon. On stage or at the spa, guaranteed they bring the brew. <laughs> Out of cool whip, pass me the mint for the jewelry. Tell me, everybody, where is the love? Hey, yo, what's a motherfucking hubbub? <laughs>
4: Japan, ooh, I'm lying. going wow but the Dungeon Dragon, you can dance if you want to leave your fans behind, but if they don't dance, they the not dance,
3: they can kiss my fucking ass, <laughs>
2: That was the Haha by the Beastie Boys that is off their sixth studio album, To the Five Burrows, which was released in 2004. Uh, and that was, you know, I hadn't realized that To the Five Burrows was their follow-up to Hello Nasty. And mm-hmm. I forgot about that just because there was six years in between.
1: Yeah. And it was like kind of, it's weirdly feels like a 9-11 album. Mm Because it is a New York City love letter album. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because of listening to that book, they talk about finding their rap voices in it and about how, you know, Yauk was like the James Dean of the group as far as he just made it look easy. He was a natural. He had like Mm -hmm. a smooth flow and that Mike D needs to sound like he is. It sounds like effort and how he had to lean into that his sound is... That he is just working overtime yeah. to get those lyrics out. I was really, really heavily into the Beastie Boys during Hello Nasty. After that, I was never into this album or the ones that came after. There, I think there comes a time in your life when you really have to be into the Beastie Boys, and then I don't. I think they're hard to stay into, which is crazy because I was so into them. I mean, I still really like them. Yeah, me too. But I'm not into them the way i used to be like i got i was maybe it's because i was a teenager i was like capable yeah. of that kind of obsession
2: and it was ad rock your absolutely your Boy?
1: yeah i was saying this earlier off air but they had this web version of the anthology that came out probably in 2000 where you could make your own anthology online and order the tracks, like place them in whatever order, choose which tracks were included on, on both CDs. And then you got to name the CD yourself. And the name of my CD was Ad Rock is my husband. Oh my God. Oh gross. Uh, And they sent me that in the mail. The (laughs) official BC boys sent me an Ad Rock is my, I mean, to be Kathleen Hannah is not a bad they were not together at that point, or that I was aware of. I think he was just divorced from Ioni, maybe.
2: Yeah, was uh, married to him ninety two, ninety five. 92, 95.
1: Yeah, uh, Ad Rock's down with the Ioni. That's uh, an old <laughs> rhyme. An old
2: rhyme, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, maybe Root Down. Uh Anyway, yes, I well, was very into Ad Rock.
2: Well, let's move on from the brouhaha to... You know, with the lockdown, we've all had to stay in our homes, stay away from people. So let's listen to a song called Hideaway by Freddie King. That was Hideaway from early influence inductee Freddie King, which was released in 1961 as a single and uh, did very well. For a blues release, it went to number five on the RB charts and also charted uh, at number 29 on the regular charts, which is pretty high for an instrumental blues release.
1: Interesting. Just to for an instrumental to chart,
2: absolutely. And that is that song, even though it's credited as being written by Freddie King as well as his collaborator Sonny Thompson, it incorporates a lot of blues riffs that had existed for a long time.
1: That was going to be my question because I was like, at the end, especially, there was a riff that I was like. Did he make that up? Like, is this the first time that that's been played?
2: So, yeah, he he has said that it came from a guy named Hound Dog Taylor. And then there's a bunch of other musicians who have talked about how in Chicago, that different parts of that song had existed from different musicians for a while. And it was Freddie's kind of arrangement of all of it that became such a standard and, and such a hit. And you'll also potentially notice that in the middle of that song is the Peter Gunn theme he throws in for a second.
1: That was the thing that I was like, oh, did he make this up?
2: No, so it's Henry Mancini's Peter Gunn theme which is kind of like a surf rock uh, standard and it was the TV show that was and it was popular at the time I think he just kind of threw it in it's funny that I don't think anybody was credited from a songwriting perspective for throwing that in although they probably would if it happened now
1: Times they have a changed.
2: Yeah. And With also to Yeah, that there was just a stuff. time when the blues, it just felt like everybody was pulling from everybody else, and it was just kind of understood. But that is uh so far the second of the three kings that we've listened oh. to. Because we listened to Albert King yeah. last week. And you know, if we keep doing this until the nineteen eighty-seven class I was just
1: gonna say, when was BB in second class? Yeah,
2: he was yeah, in the very second class in nineteen eighty-seven. So I hope we don't get there.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
2: let's uh move on to you know with everyone hiding away and this is something that we do every week have a song about loneliness so let's listen to a song from the small faces called feeling lonely That was Feeling Lonely from The Small Faces, that is off their second studio album entitled Small Faces, which is also their second album called Small Faces, because their first (laughs) album was also called Small Faces. Oh my gosh. Uh, That is from 1967. And yes, indeed, it is the shortest Wait a second. Yeah, it is the shortest track on the album, but only by one second.
1: Yeah, it, that album is full of real shorties.
2: Really short songs, but that is the shortest song on that album.
1: Shorties making shorties, you know.
2: Yeah, as, 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 that's where that saying
1: came from? The, yeah, everybody <laughs> says it and everybody knows where it comes from. And it is from The Small Faces. They were inducted also, it wasn't it like The Small Faces slash Faces? Yes, indeed. And Faces, though, was different. Faces had Rod Stewart in it, yeah?
2: Yeah. So a few members of Small Faces left, and then Rod Stewart, as well as Ronnie Wood, who is now one of the guitarists for the Rolling Stones, uh, joined, and then they changed the name to The Faces.
1: After we watched this induction ceremony, I got really into the song, Itchy Park. I still love it. It -hmm. it it pops up on playlists that I make for being in national parks. It's a really good song to listen to in a national park. I tell you what, listen to that song on a camping trip. Listen to that song anytime you're out in a little beautiful part of nature, and it feels right. It really feels right. So I guess thank you to the 20 to 12 ceremony for, for that. Um, thank you to the small faces for making incredibly short psychedelic songs, uh, <laughs> which is,
2: yeah, you know, a rarity,
1: a rarity. Exactly. This song was what a one minute and 32 seconds. It's done by like one minute and 29 seconds. Like it, it, the last three seconds like a drum a note
2: hit, and then there's a drum hit. Yeah. A
1: drum hits. And then there's just three seconds of silence after that. So It's even shorter than you think, and it's already short. So thank you, small faces, for not-
2: And you know who else was pretty short? The small faces. Were they? They were short men. I think, I mean, I think that's why they were called the small faces was because they were not uh, very tall.
1: I will say that if you look on their about page on Spotify, maybe they were called the small faces because in proportion, it really does seem like they have big ears. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, are you uh, suggesting that maybe they're elven?
1: <laughs> I am. Um, I I just I suggest you to look at that picture and draw your own conclusions. But they certainly were not shy about allowing those ears to poke out to protrude from within their shaggy hairdos. And I think small faces is a better name than big ears, but both Understood. are accurate. Yeah, I thought small faces might have been like a reference to money.
2: I could see that, but they're all like five, five.
1: Oh, okay. Little, well, go ahead. Little, little guys. Make yeah. Your small, make your short songs then. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Look at them. And they're on a, see, they're on a staircase in this picture. So it's really hard Wise. to tell.
2: Wise move, guys. <laughs> they're
1: on a staircase in the other one. Everyone's standing, but one of them is sitting on a very low stool. So again, very hard to tell, you know, proportionally, especially if they're all short. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's a good move. Is Rod Stewart short?
2: Well, he wasn't in the small. Oh, no,
1: faces. I know. But that's what I'm saying. Did it no, throw it I, off? I, Is that why they had to become faces? I
2: wouldn't. I mean, obviously, they, they changed their name probably mostly because of just the lineup change, but Rod Stewart's 5'10. So it wouldn't okay. have worked. It just wouldn't have worked.
1: Rod Stewart and I gazing into each other's eyes. And meanwhile, exactly on I, level.
2: I could be one of the small faces.
1: Joe joining the small faces. Easily. So, it would fit learning. right in. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think your ears are big enough, Joe. Although you've hmm. got the cans on right now, so it's hard to tell.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I would maybe have to do something with my hair also to let my ears be seen. Yeah,
1: you'd really have to let your ears poke out. You'd have to. You'd have to make a few changes. I, I'd
2: need some work.
1: These uh, small faces. So that was one of those easy double inductions because they barely changed their name.
2: They they and, held on to not unlike the Rascals and the Young Rascals, which is also in a rock hall inductee you know the name maintained at least some facet
1: yeah this is why if joy division had just become division new, new joy or new joy order division <laughs> division order yeah jorder joyder second, no, there's not second a good division. One. second division second division i mean there's division. a lot if they had become any of those things it would just be easier for them
2: well, we'll see how the that joke goes. All a
1: case. We'll see if there's still a rock hall when all this is done. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Also a very good point. Extremely good point. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. What if there's, Oh, wow.
2: I don't want to like, think about it.
1: I see. I suddenly was like, what if I got my wish?
2: That's not your wish.
1: I'm Kevin McAllister. That's <laughs>
2: not your wish.
1: I made the rock hall disappear.
2: I'm I'm not happy with this line of conversation.
1: Well, but no, but then I'd have to go on a big journey to learn that I didn't mean it after all. And that, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, and then you would bring it back.
1: And then I would bring it back.
2: You (laughs) single-handedly would bring it back. All right, let's move on. The, The world in quarantine and lockdown, a lot of things have been canceled. A lot of things have stopped. Just in general, the pace of life no longer is where it once was so let's listen to a song called slow down world by donovan
0: You've been on the go. Take a break, for God's sake. Stop. You shall, you shall Slow down
3: Slow down
0: Slow down Slow down, Slow down.
3: Slow down.
2: That was Slow Down World from Donovan. That is off of his album of the same name, Slow Down World, which was his 13th studio album, released in 1976. At this point in Donovan's career, he was no longer the big superstar that he was. This was the last album to chart at all, and it made it to... 174 on the Billboard 200 for the album. Would you
1: would you say that his career had slowed down?
2: Hmm. Now, why would I say? I don't understand why mm-hmm. I
1: would say. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. wasn't even the song. Because oh. it was a oh, hold on, world. Hold
2: on, mm-hmm. hold on. Okay. So you slow yeah. down so I yeah. can catch up to what
1: yeah. you're
2: saying here. Uh, a lot
1: of people have a hard time catching up with me. I'm a fast one. That's why this song was so yeah. hard for me. Yeah. I would like to, at this moment, share with you all, there are five comments on this song on YouTube. Oh, please. The first one is from six years ago, and (laughs) it was written by Zephyr Quartz. And let me say, it could have been written today. And it says, great suggestion and song, especially for today, when everyone is wrecking everything on this planet. I was like, is this six days ago or is this six years ago? Okay. And then someone else just shared this like very sweet memory to no one in right. the YouTube comments, which is very sweet. I remember listening to this album sitting on the floor in Michael Hedge's apartment in Be More when he was at Peabody Institute. He loved this whole album. Thank you, buddy, for turning me onto this record as I watched you grow peacefully into yourself. Is he dead?
2: I'm going to say is yeah. This,
1: is this a public eulogy?
2: How many views are on this video?
1: 11,734.
2: Yeah. Not a lot. So it's very funny when people use uh, the comments of a of a widely viewed whoa, video. What do you guys?
1: Whoa, <laughs> I just opened up. I didn't realize but beneath this so this was a that that memorial comment was from 7 years ago just like I remember being you know thank you buddy for turning me on to this as I watched you peacefully grow into yourself. There is a reply to that comment from seven years ago that was made two years ago. And it is about the person that they're talking about.
2: Okay, come on.
1: This is so crazy. The name of the user was Verbaud, Verbo. Okay, V-E-R-B-A-U-D, I'm assuming it's Verbo. What a great experience that must have been, Verbo. I still miss Michael. What a gifted musician. I was fortunate to see him perform at the 1987 Montreal Jazz Fest. His performance at the Place de Ar- at the des Arts that night was simply extraordinary. Is Michael Hedge famous?
2: Michael Hedge?
1: It's oh, I Michael guess it Hedges? must have been Michael Hedges.
2: Michael Hedges. Okay, yeah, it looks like a, a guy who died in 1997 was an acoustic kind of musician.
1: That's, it's just, this is a very weird little wormhole that someone from seven years ago was like, I was in this guy's apartment when he was at the Peabody Institute. He loved this. Thank you. And then someone five years later comments Uh on that and is like, I know who you're talking about. It's just funny because it's also happening on a Donovan video Mm -hmm. comment thread.
2: And not a popular video. Yeah. I (laughs) For not a popular song
1: yeah this that was some that was wild it happened i will say that i thought that this was all more interesting than that song which i did not find very interesting
2: just kind of a a whatever yeah Yeah. pleasant little breeze
1: truly yeah you could play that song and no one unless you were like really excited then you'd be mad because you'd be like oh this song is so slow and i was feeling so excited and now i'm so oh. mellow.
2: Ah, I'm too mellow now.
1: Yeah, that song is almost too mellow in general. I find that to be the truth of much of Donovan's music for me. I'm not a. I'm not a Van.
2: You're not a Van fan. You don't stand for Van.
1: I don't stand the Van.
2: Well, you know who Donovan's estranged daughter is.
1: Um, is it?
2: It's Ione Sky. Really? Yes. No. Yeah.
1: Wow. And then the same year that the Beastie Boys get in, whoa, yeah, I so her, her estranged link.
2: her estranged father and her ex husband were inducted in the same year.
1: Did John Cusack also go to the ceremony?
2: <laughs> that would be like there. the
1: only way it could get weirder. Well, <laughs> maybe
2: it will get weirder, but we'll oh, we'll, no. we'll hold on to our hats <laughs> for that. Let's move on to the next song which is the fact that we are in lockdown that we can't really do anything there's nothing really that we can do to move this along we kind of just have to wait and we have to have patience so let's listen to By that Guns song and Roses. from Guns and Roses
5: Let woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Set sugar, make it slow, and we'll come to I'd rather be alone If I can't have you right now i wait dear Sometimes I get so tense But I can't speed up the time But you know, love, there's one more thing to consider Said woman You and I'll just use a little patience Since you gotta take the time Cause the lights are shining bright. break it, cause I can't take
2: That was Patience by Guns N' Roses. That is off of their 1988 EP, GNR Lies. Although that album was an EP, it was treated like a full studio album because I think the record company wanted something after the huge success of Appetite for Destruction from the year before. So they kind of cobbled together something from their first EP and then some new songs. And one of the new songs was patience which was released as a single and went to number four on the charts in 1989
1: i just remember guns N' roses being the hugest band in the world at that point it's very funny to watch that music video though that song is so slow In long it, and long there's a point and, where it
2: can end and then it does not
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And also, the best part of that song is the last 30 seconds of it. Mm -hmm. You're literally having patience till you get to the part where it picks up. That music video was a trip in and of itself because it's just... Axel snaking at a microphone and whistling into it dramatically. Right. Holding a sheet of lyrics like he's reading off it. And the the lyrics, it appeared to be blank pages. And
2: there's a a bit of a faux serious tone to it. Yeah. Uh, And half of it is at that recording studio. And then the other half is them individually at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles.
1: There's a big a theme, a running motif of different babes getting in and out of their bed and them ignoring them.
2: It fits the Guns N' Roses yeah, ideology. A- the song Patience, it's not confirmed, but many people believe Axl Rose wrote it about his partner at the time, Erin Everly, who's the daughter of Don Everly.
1: Of the Everly brothers?
2: Who were inducted the very first year of the Rock Hall.
1: Oh, wow. And also dated Ioni Sky. When, <laughs> no
2: no Ione uh, Sky connection here.
1: And I remember the induction of this wasn't there because Axel didn't show up. Correct. Slash got up and he was like, my wife made me do this, right? Mm-hmm.
2: He, he wasn't thrilled about coming, but his wife convinced him.
1: But yeah, and I remember that. And didn't someone yell? Weren't people like angry? During well, the I think that when something?
2: Green Day inducted Guns N' Roses and when Billy Joe's talking about Axel Rose, people booed.
1: Ah, that's what it was. There was drama, you know? There,
2: yeah, as always with Guns N' Roses. Truly. You know, it's kind of crazy that they reunited recently. They did? They were like touring and stuff.
1: Really? The, the
2: original band? With Slash and Yeah. Wow. I believe Duff was involved.
1: Duff, man.
2: <laughs> they yeah, they, Duff. Somehow, they somehow got it together within the past few years let's uh let's keep the story going you know there's a lot of courage on display right now from hospital workers from grocery store employees from people who have to keep working and people who have to put themselves in the line of fire so to speak and what's weird about it also is that this is all happening while we all have to keep our distance from each other so let's listen to a song called brave from afar by the red hot chili peppers That was Brave From Afar by the Red Hot Chili Peppers that was recorded to be a part of their 10th studio album, I'm With You, from 2011, but did not make the album. And then what they did the next year is they released a bunch of the outtakes from that album as singles. And this was included as part of that project. It was released in the summer of 2013 as the B-side to a song called This Is The Kit.
1: That song was utterly forgettable. I don't know why it needed to come out. There just got to be a lot of pep heads out there who were like, you know, I need the B-sides and the singles that got left off this album.
2: Yeah. The fact that they could do a release like this, I think, is a testament to the passion of their fan base.
1: Yeah, fully. And yeah, it didn't suck. I'm not, I'm not mad at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're a little corny sometimes, but oh, they're, oh, for they're sure. unique and I got to give it up for that. Yeah. I do. I got to give it up for a unique sound that lasts. They also, they don't seem like dickheads.
2: For they the don't most seem part, like yeah. Dickheads. And and when we watched their induction, they were, you know, pretty sincere and pretty moved by the experience, especially Flea.
1: He really gave a nice speech on that day. I also think Kidas can still get it for some reason, and it's mind boggling how that man has continued to be hot, even though I'm not attracted to him, but mm-hmm. I am.
2: Well, you know. Who dated Anthony Kiedis for a few years.
1: Please be Ione Sky. Ioni Sky. Yes!
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they dated for a few years in the 80s.
1: God damn it. Uh, well, yeah,
2: you guys both have the same type. Yeah. Although she's who? married to Ben Lee now, who seems like oh, a very far a, away.
1: No, I get that, though. When I was in college, I think I probably, that would have been my type of guy. A Ben Lee type. Very interesting. I know. Imagine
2: there is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class and in the inductees are your ex-boyfriend, your (laughs) ex-husband, and your estranged father. How wild is that?
1: Yep. Hey, it's just another day in the life of Ioni Sky. The the peps, they put out an album in 2016?
2: Yeah. uh, What was that called?
1: It was called The Getaway.
2: Well, you know, that album, The Getaway, and the album before that, I'm With You, which is where that uh, Brave From Afar comes from. Those are the only two albums with Josh Klinghoffer, who was the guitarist that replaced John Frusciante, and kind of controversially was included with the Peppers when they were inducted into the hall. And he is already not in the band anymore. (laughs) Frusciante's back. Good. Always the best... Red Hot Chili Peppers songs Frusciante wrote or had some integral role in it.
1: Did he help write, can't stop, do, 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 I, do, do, do
2: bet, bam, bam. I'm, I that's one of his riffs for sure.
1: That song, that you good. Can't, it's a great song. It's annoying that it's good. It's a song that it's like you're mad that it's good because you're like, how can a song that is not good be so good?
2: Yeah. And and that you, is that song. That maybe is a good summation of the Red Hot Chili Peppers overall.
1: It's true. How can a band that is not good be so good? That's how I feel about them.
2: Well, we've made it to the final song. Oh my gosh. The last song always, I want it to be uplifting. I want it to be positive, optimistic. You know, there are a lot of forces in our country right now that don't seem to have everybody's best interests at heart. We're at a weird point where if we do the right thing, we can save ourselves. Uh, So let's listen to a song called Save the Country by Laura Nero. Save the Country by Laura Nero. That version is the one you can find on her third studio album, New York Tenderberry, from 1969. Although a different version had been released as a single the year prior, that really isn't the definitive version. That was an attempt to give her a hit song, but she much preferred the version that is on that album. That song, like many of her songs, was more of a hit when it was covered by someone the fifth dimension who covered many of her songs were able to take that one to number 10 in
3: 1970.
2: And Laura Nero wrote Save the Country, inspired uh, to write it after the assassination of Bobby Kennedy, who was assassinated at the Ambassador Hotel, which is (sighs) where that Guns N' Roses video was.
1: And also where Ioni Sky" was conceived, little known (laughs) fact. So a lot of things coming back to play. You made fun of me because I was talking about her son at the induction ceremony because he accepted her thing because she had died by then. And I said that he sounded kind of like common. And it turns out he is a rapper. He goes by the name of Guilty. Also, she gave him her ex-husband's last name, even though his father is not her ex-husband. She had been divorced Mm -hmm. from her ex-husband when she had a brief affair, became pregnant, And then she was like, you know what? (laughs) You're getting my ex-husband's last name.
2: Very strange. There was also a controversy about him not originally being invited to the ceremony. Or he was given like, you know, nosebleed seats. And there was a lot of issues with, for some reason, he was not in control of Laura Nero's estate. And some non-relative woman was. And it was... A weird situation. You know, obviously, eventually he did accept the award.
1: Messy, messy Sitch. I remember getting into Laura Nero after this. So, and, the
2: small, faces, and the small Faces, it's almost as though this year was a revelation for you. No. You love the Beastie Boys. Yes. You, you classically love Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and then you were introduced to the Small Faces and Laura Nero.
1: Yeah, I guess 2012 was pretty good. I wouldn't call it a revelation, but I am glad to know the song's Ichigo Park, and I'm glad to be into Laura Nero. And you know what? Maybe I'll become a fan of Guilty.
2: <laughs> well, that does it for the 2012 quarantine playlist. To recap, What we listened to was The Haha by the Beastie Boys, Hide Away by Freddie King, Feeling Lonely by the Small Faces, Slow Down World by Donovan, Patience by Guns N' Roses, Brave From Afar by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Save the Country by Laura Nero. If you like those songs, we will put them up on our Spotify as well, which you can check out by going to our Twitter, which is at Pod. Our Instagram is the same handle. If you like our playlists or you just want to say hello, perhaps you're feeling lonely like the small faces, <laughs> Go ahead and send us an email, rockhallpod at gmail.com. If you want Kristen to see that, you're going to have to say her name somewhere in the message. Otherwise, I'm not sharing it. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. And thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Yusuke Kim for the music. Thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment. Thank you to our respective roommates for letting us convert our homes into recording studios. That's Chad Briggs and Sean Keen on my end and Ramona Turnick on Kristen's end. And of course, thank you to Pantheon Podcasts, our network, for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala.
1: I'm Kristen Studdard.
2: And who cares about the rock
1: home? Huh? stop not ridiculous.
3: screaming in the jungle complete the motion if you stumble go ask the dust for the answers come back strong with 50 valianzas the world i love the tears i've tried to be part of the way you can't stop ever wonder if it's
6: all for you my name is damone carter aka dem one and i'm nate leblanc and we are two-thirds of the crew that hosts the dad bod rap pod Our third co-host is internationally
2: acclaimed hip-hop writer David Ma.
6: As the name of the show suggests, Dad Bod Rap Pod is a podcast where men of a certain age discuss, debate, and dissect rap music.
2: While we are somewhat classicist in our tastes
6: and grew up listening to hip-hop from the 80s until now, we are also interested in the music's present and future. Over the past 115 episodes, we have interviewed rap legends like Prince Paul, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, Roxanne Chante, Cool Keith, DJ Premier, and even the proto-rap group The Last Poets, just to name a
2: few. We also make it a point to talk to writers, commentators, and creatives shaping the genre. We've interviewed journalists and best-selling authors like Nathaniel Friedman, Jeff Weiss, Hanif Abdul rakib and Adam Mansbach.
6: And as Nate mentioned, even though we are products of the 80s, 90s, we take time out to talk to some of the most important voices in rap today, groups and individuals like Little Brother, Open Mike Eagle, Billy Woods, and Rap Ferrer. If you don't recognize any of those names, that's okay, because what we love most on this podcast is to introduce old school fans of rap music to new music that we know you will love. New episodes every week on Thursday. We are the Dad Bod Rap Pod.